0: The readings today are taken from the New Testament. The first is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter one, verses four to eight, on page 265 of the Pew Bibles. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The second reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Speak to God.
1: Good morning, everyone. what you've prayed for, for this service. I wonder what you're expecting. I wonder, if, Are you looking forward to what I'm going to say, or are you dreading what I'm going to say, or do you think something might apply to you? I, 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 wonder, I wonder what we always pray for when we come, uh, or when we're coming towards the service. Oh, dear. Oh, let's think about that. But let's, let me pray, whatever. Oh, Lord Jesus, may your light shine through into our lives now. May your love overcome any fears or doubts that we may have. And may your truth and our sure and certain hope in you root themselves deeply into our hearts and minds. Oh, we pray in the lovely and the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Well, you know, it it really is good to look this morning at John's recording of Jesus appearing to his disciples, that passage that Emma's just read to us. Uh, Because in that passage, we have the conclusive evidence that Jesus isn't a dead body, but he's a a, a living saviour. Uh, a saviour who proved himself beyond all doubt and you know this account in uh, John 20 uh, is powerfully pivotal to our Christian faith and I'd encourage all of us um, you know to use it to quote it to talk about it when we're confronted by a doubter or somebody who says I don't know why you've got faith what's all that about it does happen from time to time doesn't it Uh, you know, just go back to God's word and share something from there. This really is, yes, powerfully pivotal to our Christian faith. Well, the account that John gives us there in chapter 20 is in fact a true record of what took place in Jerusalem on the evening of Easter Day itself. From what we know, it was probably in the same room Where the disciples uh, had met for the Last Supper a few days uh, before. But on this occasion, the the disciples were taking refuge, and they were taking refuge behind locked doors. (sighs) Pretty frightened for their own skins, I expect, wondering when their turn was coming next. But many of them, as we know, had met with Mary, who testified to. Uh, her meeting with Jesus outside the tomb and John was there, John who'd been the first to uh, reach the tomb and had seen and believed. Well they were there but the full reality of the resurrection had still to register among the majority of them who'd gathered there that evening. But we read How suddenly and unexpectedly Jesus came. Jesus came. Wow, those two words uh, which express the glorious truth of grace, the grace of God, which is love on the move, love on the move, love on the move towards us. Jesus came. To them who had deserted him, he came and that action, just a reminder that shows each and every one of us that he never deserts or abandons us. And as he came in that uh, that meeting, he greeted those disciples with the words, peace be with you, peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands and his side, his wounds and their scars. And this was the evidence that they needed, the, the evidence that gave them the assurance that he was the very same Jesus whom they'd known and worked with so closely for three years. And that peace be with you greeting is Shalom. Shalom. Shalom far, far richer in meaning than mere absence of stress and worry. Shalom is well-being in its fullest sense. Take that in, well-being in its fullest sense. Shalom is life at its very best, which Jesus Christ offers as the main ingredient of God's grace. And you know, shalom had reached its ultimate measure as a result of the cross and the accomplishment of Jesus' mission when he declared, it's finished. Jesus lives. Jesus lives. And those first disciples saw and met with the risen Savior. And what was their reaction? Come on, what was their reaction? They They rejoiced. My word, I can't help but notice that. It's so powerfully expressed there. They were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Joy, joy. Oh, the joy of those disciples. And the joy that we read of as the basic mood of the early church. A joy that should constantly be there in today's church. <laughs> oh, joy, joy at the very heart uh, of all of us who are members of the community of the resurrection. Oh, oh, what joy to me to know and to have Jesus as my Savior, my Lord, my Shepherd, and to know that I'm loved by Him. Oh, the joy. And the joy of the Lord is for now. The joy of the Lord is for now. And it's guaranteed for the future and for eternity. What does the psalmist say? Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. And what does Brian add? Tell your faces what your lips are saying so that they reflect the joy of the Lord. Oh, you know, our faces should mirror our souls and how we need to remember that the outside world not only looks at our actions, they also read our faces. And In many respects they read our faces the way we read a book. Well Thomas was not with the other disciples that Easter evening and in the following days he couldn't bring himself to believe what the others were saying. Absent, having decided not to join his brother disciples, he'd missed out. He'd missed out on that glorious blessing that the others had received. You see, he'd suffered from the penalty of isolating himself, trying to work through, I don't know, but trying to work through the problems and doubts that he had and working through them on his own. And you know, as I thought about that, I wonder whether we ever consider how much we may be missing out on when we opt out of coming to worship, when we opt out of not joining with our brothers and sisters Sunday by Sunday and at other times too. You know, Jesus promised to be with his people when two or three are gathered together in his name. And we'll always grow in our faith and be strengthened in our walk with Jesus when we're in the company of other believers. I was reading on J.C. Ryle, writing about this section of John's Gospel, and he says in that, how much Christians may lose by not regularly attending gatherings of God's people. The very meeting for praise and prayer from which we stayed away may be the very gathering that would have cheered, established, and lifted our hearts. Well, dear Thomas wanted first-hand experience, didn't he? He wanted first-hand experience for himself. And he readily admitted he was going to be hard to convince. Happily, though, he moved out of isolation, and a week later he joined his brothers in the same house. Where, once again, what happened? Jesus came. Yes, Amazing grace on the move once again. Jesus came, and as Jesus showed Thomas his hands and side, he said to him, come on, don't doubt, believe. And the ever-labeled doubting Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. You know, over the main entrance uh, to St. Thomas's Church uh, in St. Helia, are those very words in Latin: "Dominus meus, et Deus meus." Constant reminders of the Thomas who faced his doubts head on. He said, "Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side." I will not believe. But in that moment that he did that, doubt was instantly conquered. And he moved on to that sublime confession. Oh, my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. You know, doubts, worries, fears will never be conquered when we... Isolate ourselves and distance ourselves from our Jesus. Whatever we're struggling, whatever difficulties we're going through, whatever battles we're fighting, whatever comes our way that upsets us or makes life, oh, is spoiling of life, to run away from Jesus and isolate ourselves, never, ever, ever do that. Let's always do the, the very opposite which is just to seek to follow him more closely, to want to love him more dearly, to want to see him more clearly, and just to rest in him and his promises. Now, two more things. Two more things I want us to take note of and appreciate. On both occasions, on the first Sunday evening and on the week later, John not only records that Jesus came We've already spoken about that, haven't we? But he goes on to add, and he stood among them. Jesus came and he stood among them. Isn't that a delightful picture of the church? It's a delightful picture of the church here. A picture of the people here, us. The church of Jesus Christ with the living Lord Jesus standing right here in our midst. Oh, we often hear the words, don't we? The Lord is here. Perhaps rather easily the words trip off our lips. Oh yeah, his spirit is with us. Oh, but come on. You know, as we say those words... Let's fully acknowledge the presence of our Lord and Saviour and Shepherd and ensure that we truly live each day in the knowledge of that, fully aware that he is with us wherever we are. Oh, unless we forget, it's good to pause at the beginning of each day, to be still and just to recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God yes God with us and the other thing that I take note of is that on that Easter evening Jesus didn't come merely to assure his disciples of his triumph over death and evil he came to instruct them and to prepare them for all that lay ahead listen again to those words he said As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. I am sending you. Those are the very words of the Great Commission said by Jesus and recorded by Matthew at the end of his Gospel. Words that have echoed down the last 2,000 years. Yes, Echoed down for ages. Sending, sending is a going places word. Sending is out there, involved in the world word. I can't find anywhere in in what Jesus said about staying in your holy huddles and persuading people to come and join you in your services and prayer meetings ever said anything like that? He said, first and foremost, I'm sending you. You know what he said to those disciples 2,000 years ago? Still saying today to his 21st century disciples, to you and me, to get out there to proclaim Christ by the way we live and the things we say and do. We often use that prayer, don't we? That we'll proclaim Christ in all that we say and do. But you know, if we truly mean and know that the Lord is here and that his spirit is with us, then we step out to witness, not in our own strength, but in his strength and gifting. And you know, the Holy Spirit longs to bless us and to fill us and to equip us. We just have to ask and be clothed with power from on high to go and proclaim the gospel news of our living saviour. The set reading for today Uh, but both readings are the set ones for today but the opening chapter the revelation to John we have there the reminder of who we are. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us and has made us a kingdom of priests witnessing for God his Father. He has made us a kingdom of priests witnessing for God his Father. We qualify as witnesses for Jesus Because of what He has done for us. Not because of what we do or have done. He has made us priests to administer God's love to others. You know, so often we we, we sing that hymn, Go forth and tell. Let me remind you of one of those verses. Go forth and tell. God's love embraces all. He will in grace respond to all who call. How shall they call if they have never heard the gracious invitation of his word? Go forth and tell, O church of God, arise. Go in the strength which Christ your Lord supplies. Go till all the nations and his great name adore and serve him, Lord and king forevermore. Jesus lives, go forth and tell. Should we be quiet for a moment or two? And individually in the silence Perhaps pray through something that you sense the Lord may have been saying to you. Let's do that.